I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. My name is Stan Grubb, and my tag team partners, who are usually with me, is Rob Hefner and Brian Taylor. Uh, Rob will be joining me here in just a few. Um, Brian is out this evening, so let's just dive right into it. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope you had a great week. It's uh, It's interesting. The way the wrestling world works, uh, you see these things about about different rumors, and one of the rumors that just literally jumped off the page today that honestly I, I I still can't I can't grasp how this actually comes about. But <laughs> here we are in the wonderful world of professional wrestling, and yeah, it looks like John Moxley might actually be considering going back to WWE. I can't believe it. I, I, I still think it's a ups- unsubstantiated rumor. But here we are looking at it from the possibility. It's all over Twitter right now. Fans are, oh, well, as you can imagine, it's a pretty polarizing topic. Wrestling has always been interesting when competition was at its highest. 
So when you look at a guy like John Moxley, who has, hey, uh, no pun intended, but really done a paradigm shift with his career and how things have been presented for him, um, right now he's in a position where he probably can make the rules and do whatever he wants. If he wants to go from AEW, where he's literally had no handcuffs, to WWE, where, unless we're mistaken with how Cody's uh, layout has been so far, he may have a little bit more creative freedom, but not a lot. It's it's interesting. I can't tell you what I personally would want to see, because I'm kind of going back and forth on it. You know, can... Can we see a John Moxley presentation in World Wrestling Entertainment? Well, probably not. Think about it. I mean, here's a guy that his performing has been all about the hardcore wrestling. We're talking deathmatch style, game changer wrestling, combat zone style, barbed wire, exploding barbed wire, electrified rope, deathmatches. I mean, the guy's not insane, but he's got a... He's got a special penchant for doing those kinds of matches. And this is one of those situations where he's going from a very free place where he gets to be creative, you know, execute his art in a way that makes sense to him and thus translates better to the fans, to if he was to truly leave, which, again, I'm not exactly sold that this is what he's wanting to do, but if he was... um. There's there's just no way in a PG presentation that John Moxley exists properly. Um, you can look at it from a lot of different perspectives. You can look at it from a lot of different thought processes. But really, when you, you get down to the facts, um, you're not going to see barbed wire and blood and guts, quote-unquote, in WWE, at least not right now. Now, we're seeing a little bit more freedom in the way... In the way of, you know, when it's hard way. In other words, when somebody bleeds and it's uh, not exactly part of, part of the plan. Um, where the, the referees will make sure that the competitors are okay health-wise, but not get out of hand with it. My thought thing here, or my thought process here is that you've been pushing the PG envelope for so long now that... Maybe it is time for an edgier product. Maybe it is time for a change. And maybe Cody coming to WWE is a a way of maybe opening that door just a little bit. I mean, look at what we've had. We have Edge, who has done the concerto to AJ Styles. And, and really, you know, that's something we didn't see a lot of in the PG era. We saw it some. So I'm not going to, you know, paint a weird picture here for you. But frankly, we didn't see it a whole lot. What do you guys think? Here at C2CRadioShow.com, tell us your opinion, your thoughts of, hey, what what could happen if Mox actually left AEW? Like I said, I don't personally think that's what's going to happen, but if it is, if Mox does leave AEW, can John Moxley exist in the fa- in the fashion that he's existed for the past two and a half, three years in AEW? Can he exist in WWE? Head to the chat room, send us a message, or head over to Twitter, hit up at C2C Radio Show, and tell us your opinion. Love to hear what you got to say on this. 
Monday Night Raw is on the air right now. Uh, as usual, I've got it, uh, got it pulled up. I have it playing on mute because it's difficult to broadcast and have the audio going. Um, just saw Veer, who took ages to finally arrive, and when he does, he pummels the two smallest guys on the roster. One, the literally literal smallest guy on the roster, Rey Mysterio, and two, the skinniest guy on the roster, in Dominic. Now, this isn't to say that either guy is not talented or not able, but, you know, what is it with big, big, big muscle-bound kind of guys that Vince McMahon says, you know what, we need more of those. Is it the larger-than-life presentation? Because from what we've seen, he's got that. Is it the ethnic thing? Sometimes I wonder about that. I mean, WWE has always tried the, let's find the evil evil foreigner, which I personally hate. I think that storyline, that trope, uh, to quote some, is played out. You have to be able to remember that the audience of 2022 is, is not the same as the audience of 1985. The days of the Iron Sheik threatening to take the World Wrestling Federation Championship over to Iran um, have long since passed. Now, it's not, I don't know. I mean, I don't think a, a foreign character can't work, but I feel like some of the, the stereotypical presentations get annoying. And speaking of stereotypical presentations, what about the name changes for Gunther? who already went through a name change from Walter to Gunther, and from Marcel Barthel to Ludwig. It's it's almost as if Vince said, you know what, these guys don't sound German enough. They don't sound like Nazis. We need real Nazi names. Because he wants, he wants to present them like, you know, the evil German character. Which, by the way, to our fans overseas... Obviously, we we don't have any issues here with any of you. We love you. So when I say these kinds of things, it's simply because of the the poor show, the poor social presentation that's been done in professional wrestling for that kind of a character, the ethnic character, the evil foreigner. On the flip side of that, look at uh, Raquel Rodriguez, formerly Raquel Gonzalez. Again, the question begs, okay, so was it just not, was it not Latin enough? Was it not Hispanic enough for you, Vince? Oh, Raquel Gonzalez, that, that doesn't, that doesn't jump off the page. What about, ah, some alliteration, we'll use Raquel Rodriguez. Um, listen, I, I get it. You want to trademark, you want to own the names, you want them to be marketable. Hey, that makes perfect sense. Obviously, you want to make money. That's what you're in this business to do. Granted, you could make just as much money from a known commodity like Walter, from a known commodity like Marcel Barthel. Hey, also, you know, maybe including Fabian Eichner in that whole deal. Because Imperium is all three of them, not Gunther and Ludwig. I'm not opposed to having bad guys in professional wrestling. I'm not opposed to having, um, you know, the storyline where a person is evil 
But it's not just a person is evil inherently because of where he's from. Like in in two thousand five ish, two thousand six, when we had Muhammad Hassan, that's probably the last time we had a true villain character that they used to kind of capitalize on what the news was showing us with folks in the Middle East that were getting beheaded. But it's not lost upon me that even back then, that presentation was presenting those those folks with that that ethnic background in a negative light. Kind of like when, you know, 9-11 happened, not to get too political here because we don't do that, but, you know, when 9-11 happened, people from the Middle East, or even that looked like they were from the Middle East, were subject to horrible ridicule and, in, in some cases, sadly, violence. So it's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, but I get it. I mean, wrestling's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to, oh, gosh, look at this, you know, it, just like if we were go to Canada, right, we're doing Bret Hart's. Heart Foundation run, the evil Canadian, and then we get to Canada, it's the evil Amer- Americans. And I get it, it, it makes money. I'm not sure it, it plays out in 2022. But we live in an age of professional wrestling where if you're not careful, well, we live in an age in the world right now where if you're not careful, something you say on social media, something you say on the on a podcast or internet radio, whatever we call it today, could uh, very well get you canceled. Be like Will Smith. Keep my wife's name out. Yeah, I'm, mm, that's that's dangerous. Although, you know, as a side note, I kind of get why he did what he did. Now, a lot of guys, especially in the business, are saying that it's complete work. And I, I kind of see it. <laughs> I mean... He does get up, I mean, in the middle of Chris Rock telling the joke. Granted, this is a couple weeks old, but he gets up in the middle of Chris Rock telling the joke, and Rock's laughing, and then he runs up there and whack right across the face. Goes back down. Chris Rock says, oh, Will Smith has slapped the shit out of me. Like, I mean, all of this was, was on live television, which is crazy. But now Will Smith is suspended for 10 years from the Academy Awards. I wonder if that means if he makes a movie, which right now some of his projects are being postponed, if not canceled. But I wonder if that means he, if he makes a movie, he can't be nominated. <laughs> that that would be nuts. So right now, if you've got Raw on, we got AJ Styles versus Damian Priest. Should be a banger of a matchup. These two guys, um, AJ had a great match with Edge. And uh, his his interaction with Damian Priest up to that point had been limited. Um, Edge, of course, gets the win because of Damian Priest's distraction at WrestleMania. So now, ooh, God, these guys are laying into each other. So some things that have been going on. Let's take a look here. Um, with, With what has been going on in the wrestling world, let's just... Hey, let's just talk about some news while Raw's going on. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about Tony Khan. All Elite Wrestling's Tony Khan has, yet again, found a way to turn the audience around and get them on their ear. And it wasn't in a way that I actually expected. Essentially, Tony Khan last... Uh, Last week, I want to say Tuesday, 
tweets out that an independent study has confirmed that the anti-AEW community is actually bots and not real people. Tells people further to, uh, you know, use their internet detective skills to figure it out and then promotes dynamite. Now, if you're a part of Corner to Corner on the Facebook group, um, then you've probably already seen a little bit that we've posted some of the reactions and some of the tweets. But if you're not, let's just take a look. I mean, everybody has been, unfortunately, dunking on Mr. Khan for this. And here's the thing. It was probably all a work just to get us right here doing exactly what I'm doing right now. And that's talking about what he said. Um so here we go. I'm just pulling up the the tweets. Give me just a moment. So <clears throat> Okay, so with <laughs> with the accusations of people being bots, everybody has decided to join into the conversation, including Vince Russo saying, Bro. The people that were noticeably against me were found to truly be bots as well. In a side note, Tony Khan, you said it was difficult for you to watch Nitro. Hey, I have a feeling it's difficult to watch Rampage because it feels like I've been watching a rerun for the past four weeks. I'm not sure Vince Russo is really the right guy that should be coming out there trying to go after Tony Khan. It's kind of like uh kind of like Eric Bischoff in my opinion. These are two guys that you know like people to talk about them. They like to be heard, but at the end of the day, Tony Khan is still doing something that nobody else could do and that is standing on his own and drawing about a million viewers per show. TNA couldn't do it. Ring of Honor damn sure wasn't doing it. Impact isn't doing it. They're averaging I think on Twitch, when they were going live on Twitch, it was like 10,000 viewers. Now, they're, of course, on Access now, a network that Anthem Entertainment owns. But let's be real. They're, they're not getting any viewership. New Japan Pro Wrestling right now isn't drawing that. So whether we like it or not, Tony Khan can say whatever the hell he wants until he's out of business, which I don't see that happening. Um, he can go on Twitter all day long and talk about independent studies. It, it brought attention to his product, which, oh, by the way, FTR versus Young Bucks 2, definitely worth the watch. Hell, it's worth watching it a few times. Tag Team Wrestling continues to just really thrive in AEW. I can't tell you how much it impresses me to see guys like the Young Bucks and really new tag teams. I mean, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, for example, the tag champs in AEW. What, three years ago, we didn't know who these guys were. Yes, indie fans did. I'll give you that. But did the general populace, did mainstream wrestling fans, I know people get tired of hearing that, but did they really know? Of course not. Put them on television, on TNT, and then TBS. Oh, wow. They're household names. Look at the Butcher and the Blade. Now, on Impact, Butcher and the Blade did phenomenal. They were great. 
but they really didn't really get as much TV time as they could have had elsewhere. For example, if we had seen them in WWE, even though we all know WWE hates hates tag team wrestling. They break up tag teams all day long. But we see them on AEW putting on tremendous matchups. Uh, maybe with this last table match between the Hardys and them aside. Because that was kind of tough to watch. Apparently in a tables match, in a Texas Tornado tables match in AEW, when you put one member of a team through the through the tables, then you've got to put the other one through a table as well to win the match. But because it's no DQ, your partner can stay if they've been put through a table. So basically, it's a anything goes tables. It's very confusing. (laughs) The matchup itself was hard hitting, by the way. If you get an opportunity, check it out. So with with all of the information that is out there lately with what we've what we've seen so far, Tony Khan proves continuously that AEW is positioned for success. Still generating a large audience, still generating a large amount of interest. And according to Fightful.com, when their contract with Warner comes up, when it's time to renew, uh, most likely is on pace for a big, big money deal, which is interesting. So many people, and and we have people in our our fan group that, that say this, so many people are critical of what AEW is is doing right now because while they are popular and they have the attention of people, um, they're not growing. Which, you know, I can see that. They're averaging about 900 to a million viewers, 900,000 to a million viewers each week on Dynamite. And I want to say that their, their magic number, their average right now is around, around seven to 800 for Rampage. Both uh, two-hour shows, and, well, let me correct myself. I believe Rampage is only one hour. Either way, it's three hours of programming that's on network, on cable television, and really is hopping off the page as, you know, appointment television. But it's interesting because when we look at what they're doing right versus what they're doing wrong, yeah, there's, there's always room for improvement. But they still have the attention of a pretty large fan base. And the, the, the distinction of whether or not AEW should be able or allowed to succeed outside of a WWE window um, has really been strong. Let's go ahead and bring in my tag partner. He was uh, a little busy here. But uh, we're going to bring him in right now. I'm just going to add him to the broadcast right now. So live right here on the air. Here we go. Uh-oh. Wow. I should have muted that. I apologize. There we go. Rob Hefner on the air. What's up, man? What's happening? How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Sorry I was late to your show. <laughs> Not a problem. Not a problem. Are, are you the new uh, evil ethnic guy? Rather you're not. <laughs> you are a bad man. <laughs> so are you going to partner with Ludwig and Gunther? 
I, 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 I made partner with them. You may call me Buddhists. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Buddhists jerk you off. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> right now, fans are in uproar. It's happening. It's real. <laughs> so it will be, it would be, you know, NXT after dark. <laughs> well, NXT is already like the the horny piece people. Like you get couples making out on TV, and then it's stand and deliver. You get them, you know, just randomly start kissing in the middle of a match. I mean, it's some crazy shit. Yes, the next one will be called, you know. Erect and <laughs> pro- provide. We're all we're all the same height when we're laying down. I think is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, how was your week, man? How's everything been in the in the wrestling world of Rob Hefner? Well, it's been okay. It's been okay. Yeah, I mean, I did. I was able. I went to a. You know, a not normal Walmart, and they had zero AEW figures except one Nyla wrote Nyla, Nyla, whatever. <laughs> um, Nyla Rose, right? Yes, Nyla Rose. That's correct. Nyla Rose. One Nyla Rose, and as I was walking away, as they had racks and racks and racks of WWE figures, <laughs> I see sitting there. An AEW LGN style Cody. Ooh. In the red tights. Now that's been hard to come by. So, obviously, it was a no brainer on my part. <laughs> <laughs> Is it uh, still 21 in change now? Or did they raise the price up to 22? Because Target has them at like 22 now. Well, it was 20 It was $20 in some change. Okay. But yes, very much to my surprise as I'm sitting there buying some groceries as I'm out of town doing some doing some work and I was like, I'm going to buy groceries and I was like, I told the people I was with, I'm just going to run over here real quick and see cuz, you know, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and so as my wife reminds me sometimes, she says, you know, if you don't want to buy it, then don't go looking for it. That's a fair statement. That's a fair statement. My wife says the same thing to me. Why Why are you going to look over there? It's just going to break your heart. Because, like, the, my Walmart never has them. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like when you and I, you know, we all do this sometimes when we go to the stores. Mm-hmm. Um, we take pictures of stuff, and it's like, hey, and then it's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that, or I want that. Um, and I'll tell my wife as I'm halfway out of the store and already down the aisle or something, and I turn around and go back. She's like, ah. <laughs> See, I hate that because I already owe you guys money, so I don't really need you to send me more <laughs> pictures. <laughs> hey, Stan, I found this. No, damn it, no. <laughs> I got to pay my tab first. Yes. <laughs> But so I mean, for the record, Brian, the best of us. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> you know, 
to the best of us, you know, comes things. I'm like, I still have a standing order of any kind of sting that you all come across. I want one. Right. You know, and that's a no brainer. If you see a sting, you're buying it. You know, if I see a sting, I'm buying it. Um, I saw the Cody LGN style. Like, I got to get it. You know, like if I end up getting it or one of y'all buy it for me or whatever, you know, we kind of try to help each other out that way. Um, wrestling wise, I really haven't watched a whole lot of anything just because just being busy with other stuff. But um, I saw the rumor. I don't know if you've talked about it already about apparently there's that rumor about Mox. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, talking about that a little while ago. What's your take on that? Can 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 John Moxley actually exist in WWE? Good lord, I mean, AJ looks messed up. Jeez. I mean, I honestly feel that. I mean, I honestly feel that Mox wasn't besides his hardcore kind of thing you know the blood and the tax and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um his run in wwe wasn't that i mean his wrestling style isn't that much different than what he's doing now he's just amped it up you know what i mean mm-hmm. they always say the best characters is the one that's your 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 normal person but amped up right and Um, so I don't think in my, in my personal opinion, Mox in his current state, there's no room for him in the end right now Mm -hmm. at the E. I mean, go ahead. I just, I don't think he'd be happy. I mean, unless unless Cody's signing is a sign that AEW, or excuse me, that WWE is about to kind of push a little bit further with the the whole PG versus maybe a, a PG thirteen kind of presentation, unless we're headed to that, um, I just don't see a lot of faith in in how he be presented. Oh wow, Cody has a new uh, entrance, huh? Okay, so not the elevator. It's uh, the Goldberg smoke and then a, a big pop. That's kind of neat. All right, I'll take that. See how he does. Well, it's because WWE only has one stage, and they're like, dude, we ain't cutting a floor at all of it. <laughs> I don't blame him. I think after uh, after the botch last week where you could see his head sticking out, <laughs> he decided to go a little different direction. Um, or maybe yeah. it's just the arena they're in. There's could just be. no room for it. You know, I remember when I traveled, um, when I traveled around and did, did different shows, like depending on the city you were in and the, and the arena, you know, sometimes you had to take one wall out. Sometimes you had to take four walls out, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you had two staircases. Other times you had one, you know, like, um, so We'll see. I mean, I'm excited that Cody's back in WWE. Um, I know we talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a wait and see thing. Um, going back on Mox, do I think just because D- Cody made the jump that every AEW star that contracts or whatever is going to make the jump? Hell no. 
Mox. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. It isn't going to go back. The the wounds are still new. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's been gone, what, a year, two years? Almost three, maybe wow. actually a little bit more because when he when he left in eighteen, late eighteen, yeah. So June of eighteen is when he left. So yeah, it's been almost four years. Jeez, that's a long time, actually. But I mean, I still think you think about Cody left mm-hmm. the way he did, and Brandy left the way she did on her own. You know, Mox left. Right. And then his wife left on her own, but it wasn't the same. Like, she Mm -hmm. took some shit when he left. You know, she kind of got edited and all kinds of stuff. Right. So, I don't think there's going to be a way that she would not that she would allow him, but I don't think that he would go back. I don't think so. I mean, he could make entirely much more money doing what he's doing and just travel the Indies right now. Right. You know, I mean, look at what he's doing to GCW. And then now you've got impact. Holy crap. Not impact ring of honor. Mm hmm. And I mean, how much would it take for Tony Khan to buy impact? <laughs> you know, fine. If my one company's not big enough for WWE, <laughs> I'll buy all three of the others. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least if he was to buy impact, we'd probably have a better chance of seeing it on TV. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, dude, what is going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but. Because outside the box, right? Mm-hmm. We like to throw stuff against the wall and see what it serves. What do, pe- what do people think if Tony Khan turned ROH into his version of ECW? Well, Tony Khan was a devout ECW fan when he was a kid. And he said that that's one of the things that deri- that's where he got his love for wrestling. So it's it's... Yeah, it's a little outside the box, but quite frankly, that that's a very real possibility. I could see him doing that. And I think today, because of what we've seen with uh, GCW and some of the other like deathmatch style, there's a, there's a fan base for that. I don't know how strongly it would draw. You know, are we going to see 700, 800,000 viewers tune in? Maybe not. But 400, 500? Yeah, maybe. Which is a huge step forward if you consider what Ring of Honor was averaging in the past, plus if you look at what like uh, Impact is averaging right now, I mean, yeah, it'd be a huge, huge way of putting a bigger footprint in the business. Yeah, I mean, 
as I said, it's just a could it, would it, do I think we need, do I think there's a draw out there for those type of matches? Yes. Do I think there's a draw for that type of matches on every promotion? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I brought it up, but then I also remember Lucha, mm-hmm. you know, Lucha Underground. And Lucha Underground got towards the end, they got like that, where they had those all those different matches, you know? Yeah. But may I ask a question? Of course. Because I'm watching, I just turned on Oof. Dynamite from last week. Okay. Because I'm kind of just trying to look at stuff. What is, what are the big signs at ringside with the person's picture on it? What are those about? Those are MJF's command to not let Wardlow in the building. Oh, okay. I was just, I don't know if I missed something. I'm kind of like, um, what? Well, the week before, <laughs> the week before there were just little flyers taped up oh. everywhere. Um, this week, I'm, I'm, I mean, he might just take out a whole ring apron. <laughs> I don't know. But the the payoff on it's going to be pretty big. They, I think they, they found a good way to rebound because, remember, they did the split between him and MJF and then basically, I don't want to say buried, but they, they put him on a losing end and they've took him, taken him off TV except for little little inserts here and there. So I think this is a good rebound because now it's where will Wardlow show up next. Right. I mean, I think it's going to be good because obviously I truly believe that if you gave Wardlow – you give Wardlow MGF right now, there's no there is there a payoff? Yes. Is it as big a payoff as you could have a couple of months down the road? You know? You played some mind games, and as we all know, MJF plays an amazing heel that is trying to get out of doing anything. Right. You know. He's an excellent wrestler, but where his where he shines is this whole I will talk my way out of trying to get you in the ring, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I truly believe that your, your payoff would be a lot more if they let him let this go a little bit more. And then you have the match where, you know, I would even do like a battle Royal of some sort at a pay-per-view mm-hmm. where they're both in there, but then MJF does everything to make sure Wardlow can't get his hands on him. Right, right. You know, like, oh, he falls out of the ring, so he's out of the ring. And then Wardlow chases him to the back. And, you know, <laughs> you know, he goes back in. And then all of a sudden there's more people in the ring. And he can't get to him. And then before he knows, MJF eliminates himself, you know, or something. You know, it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know. So when, it, when Wardlow finally does get his hands on that little snake in the grass, pencil neck geek. <laughs> Freddie Glass, for last he would say, um, the crowd would pop, you know, because I I feel, and I and I know I'm one, I'm only person that thinks this. I kind of feel like if they give Wardlow MJFs too soon, what else are you going to do with Wardlow? Yeah, and that was my concern putting him at the uh, TNT title match so fast. You know, he wins the ladder match. He gets a title shot, and your 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 main thought there is usually, okay, well, this is where Wardlow wins the title, but then what? So right. right now, what they did was they 
had MJF cost him that shot, and now it's even more intriguing to see, okay, well, what's going to happen next? So I, I kind of like that they did a back step on it because, I mean, at first it didn't make a lot of sense, but then give it a couple weeks, and now here we are, like you said, waiting to see what happens when these guys finally get their hands on each other. Yeah, so it's kind of like we said, you know, we we all like the slow burn. We've talked about it. You, me, and Brian, we've all talked about it so long. We like the slow burn. Mm-hmm. And so much today in wrestling, I call it, and this is no joke, I'm not trying to slight any kind of um, diagnosis or anything because I have this diagnosis. But I call. I feel like the wrestling fans today have ADD. Definitely. You know, because we can't pay attention. We can't, like, wrestling promotions move so fast in storylines that none of us are paying attention because, you know what? Our attention span is so short. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's like Adam Page and Adam Cole. You know, they wrestled and then it was like, Oh, wait a minute. Adam Cole's going to go wrestle other people now. Huh? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so, um, so, it's like that, you know? But going back on Wardlow, you know, we kind of, it kind of needs that. He needs that long burn because, like you said, you give him the belt. Now what? Yeah, you got to, you got to have something to, uh, wow. A drop kick to the knee just sent Cody in a front flip. What the hell? Um, you got to have the slow burn because you got to keep building, and and that's the the good part about Wardlow is he's popular, and he has the the it factor. So building him right now just stands to be a benefit much bigger as we go further. Instead of mm-hmm. having to look at it and go, well, you know, maybe he's TNT champion. If we keep building, maybe he's AEW champion by by the end of it all. Which, right. I mean, obviously that's the bigger payoff. Right. I mean, I kind of, and I could be totally wrong again, but I feel, I kind of compare Wardlow and what they're doing with Test. You know, mm. from back in the day. Yeah. Because they had Test, they built him up, but they burned him too fast. And made him useless. You know, like you built him up, you built him up, you built him up. Then Triple H marries his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then what? And literally buries him out. I mean, he he can't do anything after that. Like Tess had no payback. There was no nothing. Like, no, I'm going to win, you know. And I feel like Wardlow, if they if they let him hit the pinnacle so too fast, then it's going to be what, you know, then we're not going to care about Wardlow. Kind of like, um, Mac Archer, you know? Oh, Lance Archer. Yeah. Yeah. Like Lance Archer. Like we all thought it was cool when he came in, you know, murder Hawk. We're like, Oh, this guy, but then they brought him up. They didn't have the payoff. And then they tried to do it again in Washington DC where we're all like, what in the holy hell is this shit? <laughs> it was a story. It was telling a yeah. story, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> that match was 15 minutes too long. 
Oh my gosh. And poor Kazarian's just getting the shit knocked out of him the whole time. Just like why? Just just why? And it did nothing for him. Now, uh, his Texas death match with Adam Page was good. I'll give him that. It was a good match, but it it didn't necessarily it didn't end very nicely, that's for sure. Right. You know, I mean, and that goes back to the, do we honestly need false finishes in every match? Oh, you mean you the, know? that had to be three. That had to be three. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like every match. And then, oh, let me hit you my finisher. No, I'll hit you with my finisher. No, I'll hit you with your finisher. <laughs> you know? And, oh, wait a minute. After I've whooped your ass for 15 minutes all over the ring, now you're going to make a comeback? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the match would have been over 10 minutes ago, but all right, let's do, let, okay, okay, kick me. Oh, ow, that hurts. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, what in the world is going on? In a, in a side note, Cody looks ridiculously happy to be at WWE. I mean, it's, we talked about it last week, just to how, and, and Brian did, did backstep. It's it's convenient he's not here this week to to discuss this. But <laughs> he did say on a, in in our text that he was going to take it back this week because of how Cody has done. But if you look at Cody's face and his just his reactions, he seems so at peace and happy, genuinely to be in WWE. How long this honeymoon phase goes, I don't know, but now he's face to face with Seth Rollins. Well, I mean, I think you're going to have the payoff with him and Seth Rollins. Yeah. Because Cody did what Cody did the business at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. You know? And he did his thing. And I see it's been so so busy. He won at WrestleMania, right? Yes. Cody beat Seth Rollins. I figured. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, all right. That was dumb, Samoa Joe. You get hurt. Why are you going to run out and jump on that little skinny dude? Sorry. I'm still watching Dynamite from last week. That's okay. Um, I am in a hotel, and I brought the my, my Kindle Fire Stick to the hotel. So I have my DVR in the hotel. So I'm kind of like fast-forwarding through stuff. That is a wise, wise solution. You know, but since you're watching Raw, maybe I should back out. And oh no, no! If 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 you want to go ahead and run through Dynamite, do that. I'll I'll keep you up to date on Raw, and you keep me up to date on what you're seeing in Dynamite. And together, we'll get there, sir. (laughs) (laughs) We can do it, man. Looks like we got Rhodes and Rollins on uh, on uh, was it WrestleMania Backlash is going to be the next. It's no longer pay-per-views, by the way. They're premium live events. This is so stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. It is stupid. You know, I guess it, if they call it a premium event, that makes sense. Because, I mean, let's be real. How many people are really buying pay-per-views right now outside of uh, AEW? And it won't be much longer until AEW goes to a streaming model, I think. Oh, I mean, <sighs> yes. Do you make money on pay-per-views? You do, $60 or whatever. But how much more money would you make with a monthly streaming service? Right, right. You know? Now, do I like the way that 
the peacock is handling stuff. Oh, hell to the no. Yeah. I mean, I feel like WrestleMania was long anyway with its umpty million video packages. Mm -hmm. But then when you add four commercials after every match, you know, I mean, yes, it's free. It's free. But as a wrestling fan who used to buy the pay-per-views, I am not. No. If it wasn't for my son wanting to watch WrestleMania, I would have turned that shit off hours before I did. You know, I would have never seen the end of WrestleMania because I'd have been like, you know what? I'm going to bed. Or, you know what? I'm going to go watch a rerun of whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I mean, like, it's interesting because it it goes back to the concept about... um, you know, having two nights for WrestleMania, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, I thought WrestleMania Saturday was great. I really yes. did. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. But Sunday just bored the shit out of me. Like, I there were parts that were cool. Like, I liked Pat, McAfee's, Pat McAfee's match. I liked it because it was fun. You know, well, I didn't go in there expecting it to be some kind of technical mastery or whatever. But it was fun. Um, then to have Austin come out there and stun Vince... Normally would be cool, but uh, you know it's um... that just looked horrible. Yeah, I, my my first thought was, oh god, Vince is crippled now <laughs> because it looked like he landed so funky on his legs. It was just horrible. Well, and apparently during practice or whatever they had done it, but I mean, even the kid, even the kid sitting all the way up in the nosebleed section had never seen. Steve Austin in his prime is saying to himself, <laughs> saw that coming, you know, right, right? We all knew it was once you heard Steve Austin's music, then it all played off. You know, it paid off. You realized that, all right, night two, they had not brought out Steve Austin yet. And unless you were going to have him come out and punk out Roman. Which would have been cool. I'd have been all right with would that. have been cool. We'd all I would have that would have been a bigger pop for me. But um so of course they have them they have some like a an angle one that didn't need to happen and an angle two that took entirely too long. Yeah. I think you I'd know? have been happier if Pat McAfee and, and Austin Theory just had their match and Vince didn't get involved. I'd have been fine with that. Just right. let it be done the way it was. Or if they or if Vince got involved after the match, as they're getting involved, then you hit the music. Right, right. Don't then have you break a pin McAfee. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't need to have Vince take his jacket off, show his pit stains, take his shirt off. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he, he looked like he would. It, it's so funny because Vince now, I mean, parts of him look timeless, like ageless, and then parts of him not so much. Like he's still jacked. For a seventy-five-year-old, he's jacked. Yeah. Shit, he's jacked comparatively to me. I'll give him that. Well, I mean, it gives me hope that if I want to go to the gym at my age, that I might be able you, you, to get. That's right. You could still do it. A little ripped, ripped. You know. Yeah. But I mean, it was almost as bad as. I mean, I kind of was waiting for Shane to come out. It was just like, come on now. But it just took too long. I think yeah. when they started messing with McAfee after the match, 
boom, you break the glass. And then you could see Vince telling him, yes, yes, you're a wrestler. You're coming to help with me against this guy who's not a wrestler, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he just stuns everybody in the ring. Because could, you could have him stun Austin Theory, stun Pat McAfee, and then he looks at Vince, and Vince is like, yay! And then he stuns Vince. You know? And he throws 800 beer cans in the ring, and we move on with our night. Or that was just a four-hour commercial for Broken Skull IPA. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, that beer is supposed to be available nationwide, so I, I am looking forward to seeing it in the stores. Well, I'm going to have to partake in some just to see how it tastes like. Right, it's right, like, just to say I drank Stone Cold's beer. Right. It's just like... um one of my favorite NASCAR drivers, Michael Waltrip, has his own. He's partnered with a company and has a Michael Waltrip Brewing Company. Oh, wow. So he has a bunch of different beers. So I'm going to have to try them just to say I did, you know? Yeah. Oh, security's laid out on Dynamite. <laughs> that must MJF's mean, yep. doing on McCarnet, huh? Yep, that's the that's the, the payoff to this week's Where is Wardlow? You know, like, where's Waldo? Where is Waldo? So, Tommaso Ciampa got the call up, is on Raw now. Um, didn't really get much of a, a segment except for <clears throat> the introduction of Ezekiel, Elias's younger brother. Uh. <laughs> I knew that would get a groan. Oh, uh. God, that's this. This is where I wish Brian was still watching Raw because I know his reaction would have been priceless too. This is right up there with Richard Morton. Ah, the the York Foundation. I remember that. You know. Oh, or who else was it? Terrence Taylor, Richard you Morton. Know. Um, shit. Who else? I mean, the faction. What the idea of the faction was okay. It's just the. Elias had lost its relevance anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to bring out a Tom Zink lookalike. <laughs> Although he's got a lot of pock marks and scars on his face. He's supposed I mean, to be his younger brother. He looks old as hell. Yeah. I will say I saw the meme going around Facebook that was funny as... They said he is the dad off of the Rugrats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did see that. Somebody did a side-by-side with Ezekiel and the dad of the Rugrats. I'm like, oh, that's so good. But, I mean, it's just, you have, I, again, I go back to, WWE has so many ta- so much talent in the wings. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have repackaged Ezekiel as or Elias and brought him back and done it a, a, a so much better. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I do like that they're they're picking on Kevin Owens in this regard. Like everybody's acting like it's really two different people. 
and Kevin Owens is, I guess, the only one that knows it's it's really Elias. So he came out tonight, and this is where Tommaso Ciampa was introduced as debuting on Raw, and Ezekiel walks in before Ciampa can really say anything. So Ezekiel walks in, and uh, Ciampa kind of turns and looks at him. And before he can really say anything, Kevin Owens pops in. He's like, no, 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 you're Elias. We all know you're Elias. You're not that stupid younger brother, Ezekiel. That's not, you're Elias. Stop playing. And Tomasa Champa says, hey, listen, it's an easy mistake to make. I understand. They do look a lot alike, but that is his younger brother, Ezekiel. And the interviewer even acknowledges him as Ezekiel. So they're playing this off like Kevin Owens is going crazy, I guess. And, and I'm here for it because I know that's going to be funny. Well, anytime you mess with Kevin Owens, it's funny. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, I mean, there won't be a big payoff. I mean, it is still Elias after all. But it's at least it's good TV for, for the short term. What they do in the long term, who knows? Right. I mean, you could have done the turn. Like, you're trying to legit make Ezekiel or Elias into another star. You know, another way to turn it, and I could be wrong. Tell me if I am. Um, You could have him kind of be brought under the wing from Happy Corbin. Right. You know, since Happy Corbin had such a change in his luck. He's like, let me show you, Ezekiel, how you can be taken seriously. And then keep the whole, he's a performer gimmick, but now he's hit the big time. He's no longer the wanderer, you know? Right, right. You know, changes his ring gears, that kind of stuff. But I'd like to see, at least in the short term, I'd like to see him do, like, have him confront Ezekiel. I know you're Elias. I know you're Elias. And then they cut to the, to the Tron, and there's Elias, you know, like a vignette that he filmed while he was out with the beard and everything talking to Kevin Owens to really mess. That would be funny. <laughs> you know, Hey Kevin, why do you keep messing with Ezekiel? Leave my brother alone. You know, something like that. <laughs> and then have him go on this hunt for Elias. That would actually be funny. Oh, it would be. <clears throat> so walk with Elias. <laughs> so I, I, I opened the show tonight talking about, all, all the different news pieces, but one of the things I was talking about was Tony Khan tweeting about the anti-AEW community being actually bots through an independent study. I am curious to get your take on that. How did you feel about, about that uh, set of tweets he was putting out? I agreed with your comment when you said somebody should take away his Twitter. Um, or somebody said it. Oh, that was me. Uh, <laughs> that was um, definitely me. I kind of feel like when you're on top, you know, and you have the you're, you have the ratings, <laughs> you have the company that everybody wants to be a part of. I mean. I'll go on a limb and I'll compare it to WWE locking the doors. Does that make sense? When the elite showed up and they pulled the same shit that Mm -hmm. WCW did. Right. And locked the doors. 
it kind of turned the tide. Does uh, I feel like this is going to turn the tide? No, it's not going to turn the tide right now. But I feel like, is he acknowledging something that is unneeded? Is he making something up that's unneeded? Yes. You're winning the ratings war without bullshit like this. Right. You know, this is crap that makes people go, in my opinion, if it continues, this is what could take people saying, all right, this is legit wrestling to this is really Tony Khan playing with his money and playing wrestling. Because now his ego is getting hurt. You know, and he's trying to justify. Well, he doesn't have to justify because he has great product. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and here's the thing. Like, I talked about this a little bit earlier. I said that, you know, a lot of people were saying that what Tony did was a work just to get people to pay attention. And it did work. He got everybody's attention, and then suddenly Dynamite sees a bit of a lift in ratings. Let's not forget FTR versus Young Bucks, too. But it does help. I just feel like if you're the owner of a big company like that, plus you're an owner of an NFL football team, plus you're an owner of a... You know, a football club out in the UK. Maybe you should be spending your time just doing business and not spending your time on Twitter. Well, you don't see Vince I, McMahon out there tweeting about you know, hey, people that don't like <clears throat> WWE are, are bots. No, he he doesn't give a damn. He just does business. Right, and he doesn't need to stoop to that. Right, you know, he doesn't need to stoop to the. You know, oh, well, the people that, because that's just like the WWE or somebody made the comment of all elite what, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, you know how every once in a while somebody at the WWE would make a comment like that. Yeah, like the little digs here and there. I mean, that's just, right. that's just doing business. And I understand that. I mean, it's a little bit petty, but at the same time, it's just trying to generate buzz to me. But. But to come out and say everything, it's bots. It's not real people. Right. One, that's not a logistical, it's not a logistic and realistic argument. Right. So, hopefully it's a one-time thing that he doesn't do, that he doesn't keep doing it. Because, I mean, is it going to change wrestling? No. Is it going to change the product? No. AEW is still going to have highly competitive wrestling and probably, and be more relevant. But is it going to make Tony Khan look bad? You know, is it going to hurt? It's not going to hurt AEW. It'll hurt Tony Khan. Cause there's already that group that has that feeling that he's just a money Mark, Mm -hmm. you know, He's a money mark, and he has the money to play wrestling promoter. And these guys are these wrestlers are like, you know what? They're smart enough to say, "Hey, I'll go play wrestling at this guy's playground and make some money for a little while." Mm-hmm. Um, they did it for Ted Turner. I mean, I'm looking at the guy who did it best, Sting. You know? Oh yeah. Sting signed that contract with Ted Turner, then sat at home for two years. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> well. So, it reminds you also of promoters from the past, like Herb Abrams from the UWF. Yeah, I mean, it just, it doesn't, it's one of those comments that doesn't help 
it doesn't help Tony Khan when he's done such a good job of distancing himself from being the money mark and all the money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when he came out and was making the rest doing, and he was letting the wrestling speak for itself. He didn't need to come out and say anything. He just had the wrestling speak for itself. Right. And I think that's what, what should be happening right now. We already know that when we watch Dynamite and, and Rampage, especially this past Friday, um, it's going to be a good show. They really haven't done a bad episode of Dynamite and Rampage. There's been, Obviously, there's room for improvement with everything. That, that's always the case. But, you know, there hasn't been a bad pay-per-view. There hasn't been a bad Dynamite. So I don't know that you have to resort to that kind of a tactic. And to me, that's that's how that feels. It's a tactic. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I feel that it's unneeded. And it's... It just doesn't make sense of why you mm-hmm. would say something like that. Right. I mean, I almost have a feeling that he'll come out and say, it wasn't me, I was drunk. Right, right, or I was hacked or whatever, yeah, yeah. Right, because you don't need to, it just just doesn't make sense. I just don't understand, like, Mm -hmm. and as I said, it's not going to change the wrestling. The wrestling is great, you know? People tune into AEW for a reason. Right. It's just like people tune into, you know... WWE, you know, there's people that tune into it every week, no matter how sucky it is, (laughs) you know, but I kind of feel like at this point, either he needs to stop talking or take, you know, stop being so visible, Mm -hmm. you know, go back to being the guy that we know is pulling the strings, but you don't have to be seen on camera. Right. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, I get why people would say, um, you know, hey, this is a guy that's a money mark because he's been so open and outspoken about what he's doing. At the same time, he has made a lot of positive changes as to how things are done business-wise. And it's hard to really look at, at him under the microscope without acknowledging both the positive and negative. My fear, you know, my concern would be that with all of the signings that they have had, with the roster getting to be, I don't care what any WWE or AEW bobblehead says, the roster they're getting to is gigantic. And I don't feel like Darker Elevation does it justice to have that kind of a roster, especially when now they, to me, you're, you're coming up on that time where you're going to have to start letting people go. Yeah, he didn't let anybody go during the pandemic, and that was good of him to do that. But reality is you can't, you can't hire everybody. You can't please everybody. And sooner or later, he's going to have to let people go or people are going to start to leave. And that's just a, fa- a part of doing business. Well, I also think, like, all right, he owns Ring of Honor. Right. You have AEW. And, yes, the argument can be made that now there's more places for people to play. Mm-hmm. But you also got to think, there's only so much blurring of the lines that you want to do. 
um, between Ring of Honor AEW. Mm-hmm. You know, because why am I going to tune in to watch Ring of Honor? Granted, I know Ring of Honor doesn't have a television contract right now. Right. You know, but it's only a matter of time until they have something. So you think about it. It's like, you know, it was like when they were doing their Impact stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need to watch Impact because I see the champs from Impact on AEW. You know, and I understand it's just like, you know, the WWE was buying up people because they didn't want AEW to get them. They wanted all these people under contract so they could use them and have the library and all this stuff. And we had the same argument. Mm -hmm. But you can't sit here and one minute say WWE screwed all these people by letting them go and F them when then you know, turn around and go, well, AEW is just cleaning the closet because they don't don't have use for them right now. Right, right. You can't give them a pass in that regard. Now, you can give them a pass in a lot of ways, and I'm I'm okay with that, but sooner or later, your your roster, over 120 wrestlers, if you don't start to separate them out and start to, okay, your Ring of Honor, your AEW, mm, you're going to have some problems. I mean, WCW was able to compete for 83 weeks. Yeah, I'll give you that. And their roster was huge. But what happened to them in the end? And, you know, we can we can glorify Tony Khan uh, quite a bit. We can promote the AEW product quite a bit and talk positively. And, and generally speaking, we are positive about it. But the reality is, I mean, they're only but so many weeks away from making the same kind of mistakes. I mean, how... How soon before the Bucks and Kenny Omega and anybody else that has any sense about business tries to get again, get themselves over? Well, and you got to think also, like you said, contracts. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, Tony Khan's been very vocal that he's pretty much self-funding this whole thing. Right. You know, and yes, they have ad revenue. I guess they're coming in from TNT and TBS. And I know WWE makes a lot of their money off the ad revenue and stuff. But, like you said, and I've said it a while, for a while, one of my fears in AEW would be that they keep bringing these people on and they're going to have more people than they have spaces to put them. Right. And WWE had the same issue. And I know there's a whole argument about WWE got rid of the people during the pandemic and all that stuff. What I'm saying is for years, we said the WWE had all these talented people, but didn't use them. Mm-hmm. Well, now AEW is going to have all these people and you think about it cause they just bought ring of honor. So that brings some, a few more people into the fold that were under contract with, with ring of honor. Um, and like you said, dark elevation, dynamite. You can only you still have your your AEW main storylines. So what are you gonna say? You're gonna give this? You're gonna give like Jay Lethal and stuff some some airtime on AEW? Who's got? Who's not gonna get airtime? You know. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, they they are currently able to cycle talent through pretty well. I I got to give them credit for that because they've been able to do it. For example, like le- this past week, CM Punk's not on Dynamite. 
this past week. And he's not on Rampage. This coming week, he's supposed to be in a matchup. But you didn't notice because you had other talent you could put on the show. Right. So they're able to transfer focus pretty simply. And, and God, I wish they would transfer focus away from America's top team. Ugh. That just bores the hell out of me. Um, Is that that dude? Dan Lambert, yeah. I can't stand him. He is annoying. I can't stand him. I can't stand the Andrade family order, whatever. Like, none of that shit makes sense. Now, you're watching this past week's Dynamite currently, right? Right. Have you gotten to the Hardys versus Butcher and the Blade? Yes, that match was awesome. So, the rules for that match was confusing as hell. (laughs) So... You got to put both parts of the team through a table, but since it's no DQ, they can stay and they can help you put each other through the table. So there's not really a elimination factor to it because they're they're not truly leaving the ring area. They're they're just still helping, right? And then the whole ending spot where. Hey, I'm Jeff Hardy, and I'm going to go on this ring. Big oh, but you're going to lay there. Right. Well, right. I climb this big ladder and get all situated just to fly back down on you. <laughs> and you know, still, Jeff Hardy is still just as crazy as he was when he first got the WWE. <laughs> he is insane. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Is, you know, Matt's sitting there going, hey, Tony, I'm not getting on that damn ladder. <laughs> but Hire my brother. brother. He'll in, do it. <laughs> yeah. Mikey likes it. <laughs> You know, like, Jeff will climb on that thing. He'll, fly, he'll do a song, Swinton, whatever thing off of it. <laughs> um, but I agree with your comment that you were saying about one thing that AEW does really well. And regardless of our comments that we've talked about, the thing that AEW does really well is cycling out their storylines. Mm-hmm. Because... You won't see MJF every week. Right. You know, you won't see, you know, like Adam, and like Adam Page will come out and just look at somebody and go away. But Adam Page doesn't have to have a match. You know, um, but you may not see Mox this week, but right. you'll see him next week, you know. And so they do really good about moving people around to make sure that one, you get people in different storylines going on. But my fear is there's only so much of the shell game you can do before you lose track of what you're doing. Well, and and that's why I just hope that there is a good brain trust there, that there's a group, a good group of people helping Tony Khan. And, and it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, the Bucks and the EVPs. No, it, it could be Sanjay Dutt. It can be, you know, um, Terry Taylor and, and Keith Mitchell, you know, the guys that are actually working in the back. That's fine. Just make sure you've got someone to bounce stuff off of. One of the reasons that Cody did well on AEW was that Cody was part of creative. And I think that's why he wanted to leave. I think he got tired of not having an input on creative. And you could see how that changed. You know, after... After he has the match with Jericho, 
and he literally talks himself into a situation where he can't go for the main title, which, what did everybody want to see at that point? Cody go for the world title. So, he didn't necessarily have to win it, but he felt he was doing the fans a favor by not doing that, but he literally eliminates himself from it. So, you know, the rumor right now is that he was unhappy creative-wise. It wasn't necessarily a you know, like vendetta type situation between him and Tony Khan, but he was unhappy that he, he wasn't able to create in the space that he wanted to create. And that's the kind of thing that can happen with a, a Mox. That's the kind of thing that could happen with Kenny Omega. If he's not careful, I do think he'll do whatever it takes to keep Kenny Omega, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the way it wants it. Right. And I mean, and I agree. I think it, it, he'll do anything he can to keep Kenny Omega. Omega. Like, we can talk about how Kenny Omega was at the E and left the E. But when he left the E, he wasn't Kenny Omega. Right, right. He was just another guy. Yeah. Right. Like, it's not like, you know, it's not like he was. I would say it's not like he's AJ. You know, Mm -hmm. if AJ would have come to the E and then they would have been like, no, you're happy somewhere else. Bye after proving himself everywhere, right? you know, but I agree, you know, I kind of feel like in my opinion, and that again, this is not bashing Tony Khan at all, but at the beginning he relied heavily on the bucks, Cody, Kenny, those core people mm-hmm. to kind of get AEW off the ground and make the matches and do the stuff. Right. And then once he kind of started getting more and more involved, you could tell that certain, like, not everybody was getting a, a, a seat at the table. Right. You know? And I could see someone like Cody, like you said. You know, he did a storyline where he took himself out of the world title picture. And all of us the whole time knowing that at some point, he was going to get the world title. Right, right. I mean, the story writes itself. You know, like MJF gets the title and then Cody talks MJF to letting him have a title shot. Right. You know, then he wins. You know, it's there. But then we never saw the payoff because he started to become the, you know, the person that, he was the TNT champ. Mm-hmm. Like how many times? Three times? Yeah, three-time TNT champion. You know? And which they had they had pride themselves on so far, they didn't let people recycle that title. Right. You know? You kind of get it. You win it. You lose it. You move up. Right. You know? Kind of like the U.S. title used to be. You get the U.S. title, you lose it, you move up. Mm-hmm. Um. Now it's kind of like you you get it, you lose it, then guess what? You'll get the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title, and you'll lose that. And guess what? Then, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you the 24-7, 7 365. But, um, and we'll see. I mean, granted, it hasn't been that long for him to be back in WWE. And we all know the E is phenomenal synonymous with yes we'll give you whatever you want come 
come wrestle to us. Yes, Tony Khan is a bad man. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But a few weeks goes by, and then all of a sudden it's what? Cody who? <laughs> Coming up next on Raw, Stardust makes his return. <laughs> you know? But I also think that Cody has probably been smart. If he, if he's the businessman we know he is, he has probably got an out clause. Right. You know, like, yes, he signed the contract. Yes, he gave all these stipulations. But one of the stipulations he probably gave that he doesn't talk about is he has an out clause. That if they come to a certain point in time where the neither one or, you know, if he's not happy, both can call up and he can leave and go back to AEW because you know Tony Khan would bring him back. Well, and I, I think Tony Khan would do it with open arms, too. I mean, this is not a situation where there's animosity. I think that if the situation was right, he definitely would. I, I feel like he had something to prove to himself that he could be a top draw in WWE. I think he definitely can. Um, what he does from here, I don't know. But I think that, oh, Kevin Owens is sporting a new Dusty Road shirt. That's kind of cool. It says bionic elbow on the bottom and Dusty Rhodes at the top. There's a nice little uh, old school image of Dusty there. That's a cool looking yeah, shirt. They, they had they had a Dusty at Walmart last night. One of those elite Dusties with the, uh, but he was in a red and black polka dot. Jacket. Oh yeah, that's from his uh, Survivor Series. Yeah, Survivor Series. I think that's in the middle of his uh, feud with Ted DiBiase. When he bought Sapphire. Sapphire. Sweet Sapphire. <laughs> Sweet Sapphire. I never heard and ever again have heard the word Sapphire said the way that way. <laughs> Sweet Sapphire. Who knew that, that it didn't have a syllable? Sweet Sapphire. But, I mean, like you said, because if you notice, like, unless my math is off, there was no 90-day non-compete with Cody and leaving AEW to go to WWE. There was no 90-day non-compete. It was kind of like he was on TV. We saw him in D.C. He said his thing. And then... It wasn't long till boom, Sammy Guevara beat him, and then what? A month later, if that, he shows up at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I kind of feel like the ninety-day non-compete is just a selfish little shitty way to do it, because you already know if the person's going to be there or not. I feel like it also makes you look like the better person when the person can go right on the other TV and be like, what up? But I have a feeling that's called the Rick Root clause. <laughs> well, you can't you know? be in the same place at the same time. <laughs> you know, Rick Root, Lex places. Luger, I kind of feel like it's kind of named after them. <laughs> when you can't, you know, you, you can't appear on Dynamite and Raw in the same week. More or less the same night. Wasn't that Rick Rude? Yeah, Rick Rude showed up on Raw and then was on the live. He was on the taped Raw and a live Nitro. Yeah. 
And then he, then he, uh, I, if I remember correctly, he's like, oh, what a difference a day makes or something like that when he was on the mic. And we're all like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Th- those were, and that's where I think we're, we might be headed is we might be seeing some more of those, those types of things. You know, Cody's ex- contract just simply expired. So there was no non-compete to have. Um, if Tony Khan was to take that approach, which I could understand that. I mean, if let's say your WWE or AEW champion, like Adam Page, gets pissed off that he loses the title, you know, and then says, I quit this company, screw you guys. And he just shows up the next night on Raw and then just says whatever random shit comes to mind on Raw about Tony Khan. Nothing nothing would stop him from that. Mm-hmm. So the 90-day non-compete makes sense in that regard because you got to protect your interests. It's interesting, but at the same time, it's it's a challenge because you don't want to be, in my opinion, you don't want to be petty. You don't want to come off as like a jerk. You want to make sure that things actually, you know, are competitive in a proper way. Right. And I agree with that because what would stop you from, what would stop one of your guys, say, you know, say Adam Page. Or, no, let's say, say the whole angle with Samoa Joe pays off and Samoa Joe becomes the Ring of Honor champion. Right. Right? Well, Samoa Joe just recently was with WWE. Mm-hmm. So what if he just decides, you know what, I'm going to go back to the E. I'm, I don't want to be Ring of Honor anymore. He takes the belt and shows up on Raw. Right. You know, he doesn't have a 90-day non-compete. As far as you know, he just wasn't booked on the show that week. And now, <laughs> he's got your belt on that other TV channel. Right, right. So, in that regard, that's why having that non-compete makes sense. I mean, if your contract expires, hey, it expires. Do what you want. But at the end of the day, you got to protect your business, and, and I think that's a wise move. Um, two matches that stood out this past week that quite honestly could be considered match of the year candidates um, came from AEW. You're probably seeing the first one and that's FTR versus young bucks too. Hell yeah. The second one is Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley from rampage. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch that one yet, but FTR and the bucks, the first time they went at, went at each other, it was crazy. There was no way anybody could have predicted how that match was going to go. But this time was all like, this is this is FTR country right now we're in. And they're performing at the top level of top tag teams right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think about, like, FTR, this is what they've been asking for for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say it seems like they're paid for and brought to you by whatever athletic tape that is. <laughs> they got a lot of tape. Okay. <laughs> they got a lot of bumps yeah. and bruises. They got a lot of tape. But I also feel like this is yucks, the young bucks of days gone by. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, going back to our argument about the EVPs and whatever, I kind of feel like the Bucks maybe have gotten to that point where they had been so involved backstage, they got ahead to get away from being out in, in the ring. And this match is like, this is why we like the Bucks. 
you know, that's what it reminds me of. And FTR, this is what they were doing in, in, in NXT that made us go, damn, I can't wait to see them on the main roster. So I agree with you. This match is by far my favorite of the week. I mean, like we said, the Hardy's ladder match was cool, but you knew at some point he was going to sauntaun off of something mm-hmm. and the Bucks were going to, uh, the you know, the Hardys were going to win. So. Yeah, I, I felt like uh, watching this tag match was just like, man, I really didn't. I didn't know how, which direction they were going to go because part of me thought, well, you could take the logical approach here and just say the Young Bucks win because they'll keep trying to get under the skin of FTR. But FTR has had such a phenomenal um, run the past few weeks, especially with their matchup against the Briscoes leading in to this match with the Bucks, um, that it just it was great to see the way that this matchup went. I mean, there. There wasn't any problem either way with whoever wins this matchup. It's just it was just great tag team wrestling and and true tag team wrestling, not just like high spot after high spot. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's not your finisher finale of right, right. We're gonna we're gonna do 82 super kicks. You know, we're gonna do all this, and then oh wait a minute, who wins? So, sorry, I'm still watching it, but it's um, it's been move after move. It's been high spot. It's been things like when you think, all right, this match has been going on long enough. We're not going to have any more of that. Oh, my God. Yes, we are. Right. right. <laughs> you know? um, and that was that's that's what stood out to me. It, the matchup itself was just these people were, were taking their time. You can tell that they this was a labor of love for them that their plan was plain and simple. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And this is how this should look kind of thing. And it, and it, it came, comes out perfectly. Uh, now on the other side of that, Wheeler Yuta against John Moxley from Friday, a totally different type of matchup, an absolute bloodbath on Wheeler Yuta. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen a guy get the crowd so firmly behind him in one match. It was insane. And, I mean, hey, Willie Yuta is great in the ring, so why not? Why not get the crowd behind him? Yeah, I mean, you got it. You got to do it, you know what I mean? And it just proves that, again, Moxley is performing at a different level than he ever has. And here we go. The match is over. They should have a move called Super Tape. (laughs) Oh, you mean like the old school WWF video, Coliseum video? Super Tape. Oh my gosh, those were cool. They just used to have cool events on them, cool matches. Yeah, that one of those is when um, I remember Mr. Perfect won a match and he held up the tag title instead of the Intercontinental title. Oh yeah, yeah, because they couldn't find the Intercontinental title or something, so he came out with the tag strap. 
Yeah, I was like, as a as a kid, I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not the right one. <laughs> I may not be a small man, but. <laughs> I know what belts are. <laughs> yeah, dad doesn't even have this shape for the one he's supposed to wear. But it's good. But it goes back to what I talk about all the time and we talk about all the time on this show. It just it's such a great time to be a wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. You know, like. You can watch AEW and see matches like that on a on a Wednesday, you know, like a lot of promotions hold those matches for a Sunday pay-per-view mm-hmm. um but this is just another wednesday you know and then you see the other one on a friday you know and then if you want to see then you can tune in on monday and have the hope in your heart that cody's going to do something you know that they're going to use him properly and all this stuff so it's just it's a great time to be a wrestling fan Yeah, I mean, there's never been a more exciting time to be a fan. I mean, with so many different things happening right now, um, getting an opportunity to see Cody Rhodes on Raw, to getting an opportunity to see, I mean, just literally some of the best matches in wrestling right now in AEW. And with what could still come with Ring of Honor, I mean, it's it's tough to say, but Samoa Joe debuts on AEW. Just thumping Max Caster was, uh, you know, it, it was fun. But at the same time, I'm curious as to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just excited that someone's given Samoa Joe time. Right. I've been a Samoa Joe fan since, you know, he first debuted. Yeah. I didn't really I followed him a little bit in Ring of Honor um Impact but mainly was like when he was when he came to w, NXT I was like all right it's on now you know what I mean and then coming to see him in this light it's just it's just fun so it's exciting. Now, if he can stay healthy, then we are going to see an amazing Samoa Joe. Oh, yeah. Because he looks great, and he looks ready, fit, and and going to kick some butakas. I mean, if we can get an opportunity to see, um, you know, John Gresham versus Samoa Joe, that'll be an absolute technical masterpiece. If we can see... Adam Page and Samoa Joe. I'm happy with that because that'll be a great brawl. Um, and how about, you know, while we're on the subject, how about Adam Page and how much he has grown into his position as champ? It, at first, he wins the title from Kenny Omega, and there's just kind of like stop-start kind of thing going on with him where they don't really know what direction they want to take. And then now we finally get an opportunity to see we finally get a chance to to watch, you know, Adam Page become more aggressive. Adam Page come into his own character, and we get to see him up at a notch, intensity wise. And now we're going to see a Texas Death Match between him and Adam Cole. 
uh, at Battle of the Belts. Yeah, and um, I kind of feel like I like I like him. I mm-hmm. like Adam Page, but I kind of feel like you know he's a fighting champ. But then it also feels like at a point like this could be a time where they're like, you know what? It is time for him to lose mm-hmm. to Adam Cole. Baby, you know. Um, and so, what in the world in the blue hell do they have going on on Raw? So there is uh, the Bachelor and Bachelorette party for uh, for Dana Brooke and for Reggie. What the? It's a referee. Yes. Uh oh. Ah, Nikki's gonna win the title. No. Wait. No, what? she's not. Tamina says no. <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> All of this is happening, by the way, at the arena, at the bar at the arena, and then they were in some. Well, what the hell? Oh, ow, ow! Not the, not the, uh, not the bar spot. That's not cool. Can't do that. Well, you know, in the um, the ref, the the bar the bartender at the at the things like, you know, how much money I could be making right now. I could be making so much money, but nah, y'all dumbass people. And that almost doesn't look like Dana Brooke anymore. No, no, she a, she actually looks kind of normal now. She got some work done. Yeah, I mean, there was a time, you can remember, where it looked like she clearly had some Botox and all of that, but it looks like her, her maybe the, I guess it was swelling or whatever, it's finally going down in a way that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like after, I'm going to age myself, it's like after Meg Ryan got her Botox done on her lips. Like she didn't look like Meg Ryan for the longest time, but I mean, how many times has our truth been the champ? He is the twenty-four-seven I ninety-five champion, four hundred and twenty-four times. I don't know. Let me look that up. Let me look that up. WWE. I think it was like a forty. It was like forty-six or something like that. Here we go. List of champions. R Truth. One, two. Let's see here. Wow, there's been a hundred and fifty-six different championship cha- or title changes. He's had 52 reigns with a combined combined total days of 425. <laughs> Damn. Hmm. Roman Reigns ain't got nothing on me. His closest his closest competition is at 11, Akira Tozawa. Who was right there with him in the same thing. No, Tozawa only has it 11 times. 52 to 11. Jeez. That's an NFL score right there. Gotta love it. But yeah. Oh, but here comes the most of the team that I can't stand. You don't like RK, bro? No. Come on, man. It's RK, bro. I think they're entertaining. I like them. 
I mean, it's only a matter of time before Randy Orton RKO's Matt Riddle through the mat, but... Well, I mean, I didn't like Riddle before. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like Orton before. Ah, I mean, just, I, it kind of makes it difficult for you to really buy it. I got you. Well, I mean, I'm kind of happy that Orton got rid of the stash and the Fu Manchu thing he had going on. But this is called Orton sitting there going, I got a few years left in me. And I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up this week, um, and so it's not Battle of the Belts. It's actually this Friday where Adam Page and Adam Cole will tangle on Rampage for the for the AEW Championship in a Texas death match. Um, on Dynamite, there is... Uh, let's see here. There's a tag title defense between... Uh, Jurassic Express and um, Red Dragon or Red Dragon. We got continuing coverage of the Owen Invitational, the Owen Tournament. Um, so we'll have another qualifier this week on NXT tomorrow night. There's going to be a a gauntlet match to decide the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Because, because one half of MSK this week was fired, and that's Nash Carter. Now his firing is uh, is not one that a lot of people are very happy about. As a matter of fact, this is something that a lot of talent have been very vocal about in support of Nash Carter. Now Nash Carter is. Uh, going through a divorce with his uh, real-life wife, Kimberly, of uh, Im- Impact Wrestling. Um, Kimberly has gone on social media, identified that there's been signs of abuse between Nash Carter and herself. Um, and she basically waited to go through with posting this until right near WrestleMania. Now, when I say she waited, I'm not saying that she's doing anything necessarily right or wrong, because quite frankly... Right now, everything that's happening is just accusation. Again, no legal record, no arrest on file, no investigation starting, none of that. This is just very similar to the speaking out movement, just identifying abuse. So if if Kimberly is telling the truth, okay, then good for her for coming out, and they did the right thing. If she's lying, then hopefully it gets identified, and perhaps Nash Carter gets another opportunity. Um. But it is what it is at this point. Um, one half of MSK, Nas Carter is gone, and Wes Lee is left holding the bag. He does not have a partner at this point, and so there's going to be a gauntlet match to decide new tag champs. I don't know how much uh, watching of 2.0 you've done, but really sucks to see the see MSK not able to carry through. I mean. I'm always a firm believer in the truth needs to come out. I mean, I try not to rush to judgment on a whole lot of things. Um, in a time and a place where it doesn't matter. I mean, it. in my opinion, it doesn't matter if the accusations were recent 
or if the accusations are old. Right. If there's truth, then he needs to go. Right, right. Um, because in a world where, you know, there's such a blurry line between reality and fantasy mm-hmm. in wrestling, um, we all know that it's a storyline. And we all know that these guys, most of the time in the back, are all buddy-buddy and whatever. Right. But we also know that, you know, in some, in, and in some, in some promotions, they allow women and men in the ring, mm-hmm. you know, and it, to compete. And it's just, if there's any truth to it, he, I hope he gets a shot down the road, but he needs to go and figure his figure his life out. Right, um, right. I mean, if if there's truth to it, then the, like I said, the the right call was made, and he had to go. Right. Um, you know, but, if this is something that's contrived or trumped up, then you know maybe the truth has its day at different time. Right, and I believe that because I mean, uh, we see that off that that you see that all too much. Anyway, and really, I'm sitting here and totally watching Raw right now. And so you're telling me that they brought out RK Bro before the last commercial break and have whole had a whole angle with Sonya Deville. <laughs> and now they're just bringing out the Alpha Academy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, did we just forget they were in the ring? And can I also explain to you how old Chad Gable looks? Yeah, he, uh, ever since he got his hair cut short, he does look older. It's like he's a boy that grew up to be a man. No, he just grew up. Being being not a man, he still looks like a kid. (laughs) And then he's got uh, Pee Wee's big nemesis. Pee Wee Herman's big nemesis is his tag team partner. Yeah. It's my bike, Pee Wee. I know you have it. What am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. Um, but anyway, we'll go back on it. I also don't condone people that, you know, if there is any fabrication to something, you know, I, I, I believe all companies are trying, you know, should take allegations seriously, no matter how old or new they are. Right. Agreed. But then... If it didn't happen and it's just revenge, then the same needs to be handled. It needs to be handled the same. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I agree. Like, I agree. If she works for the company, which I don't, I can't remember if she does or not. If she works for the company, then if it's turned out to be it's not true, then she needs to go. Um, and she needs to be, you know, I, I truly believe that if you false accusations, men and women, you put false accusations against somebody, you should be able to be held liable civilly and criminally because you're ruining someone's life. For what? You know? Well, and that's the thing. Like, uh, Kimberly used to work in WWE. She went by the name of Abby Lath. Uh, she is currently under contract to Impact. Um, and, and, 
I stand by what you're saying. I agree. It, if this is a situation where where Nash Carter did what he did, then hey, the, the right move was made. But if it turns out that she is lying in any capacity, then there needs to be accountability on both sides. And I think that's a fair statement. I'm not saying that anyone should uh, victim shame or whatever the phrasing is, the terminology is. But this is a situation where you have to be careful, but you also have to be smart. You know, you have to be willing to say, okay, look, you both are a mess right now. You both are train wrecks, um, and you both need to go. That If I was in charge of Impact, I'd probably be telling Kimberly that same statement. Look, this is messy. You guys got a lot of stuff going on. When things clear up, come back and talk to us. But for now, maybe it's time we just part ways. Yeah. Figure your life out. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, if it's you all need counseling or you need counseling or he needs counseling or whatever, rehab, whatever, you know, I never agree with ruining someone's life to get even with them. Right. Um, but, and I'm not saying that's what's going on. I'm just saying that. And again, it's just hypothetical people. Don't get all mad. Um, (laughs) But I, but I think a lot of people would agree. You know, we've said both sides. We've said that if it's true and WWE handled it the right way. Um, but I also agree that I also think that WWE is a big enough company and we've seen it before where they let somebody go because of certain thing and then it turns out not to be true. They can bring that person back. Right, right. And, and I you think know? that this is a situation where, you know, if – if it truly turns out that all of this stuff... So, for example, just to put in proper context, let's say this did happen a few years ago and Carter was guilty of what he did. Okay, that's that's bad. You know, he's got to go. But let's also say that... I think, uh, this is a strictly hypothetical, but let's also say he went to counseling and anger management and is trying to turn his life around. You know, I wouldn't want to condemn that man for doing that. Now... If you get an opportunity and you're able to verify that and maybe even tell the story in a proper redemption kind of way, everybody knows that people love a redemption story. So, yeah, it would make sense. The same can be said for Kimberly. I mean, uh, a person who, if it turns out that Carter truly is guilty and you know what? Public opinion in the court of public opinion, people tend to lean that way. And if that's the case, then she's a survivor and, and credit goes out to her. So, I mean, it's a nasty situation either way. I certainly wasn't trying to, to stir it up in one direction or another. But, you know, this just speaks volumes to the fact of, hey, listen, what we see on a weekly basis, whether it's Monday, whether it's Wednesday, is tremendous. We enjoy it. But let's not forget the reality that these are real people and that they have real problems. And sometimes these real problems are going to get exposed and we as consumers have to make the conscious decision of, hey, their accountability is the right thing. Being accountable for your actions is the right way to go. It doesn't always make you feel good. And I understand that. There's a lot of people that are angry that Nash Carter got fired. And I get it. But the reality is, if there was a domestic issue that just came to light and he says, because I imagine he got asked, did, did this happen? Did you do this? And most likely he's like, yeah, it, it happened. It was a mess. Uh, I'm really sorry. And they said, hey, listen, we got to let you go. It is what it is. It sucks. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I hate it for him, but that is what it is. Right. 
but I think also we see on we see in society, you know, and the thing I can't stand is how sometimes just because of your athletic ability or your worth is better than the other person's worth, then what you did is swept under the rug and they excuse it. Well, that, you know? that's a that's a good point. Look at all of the stuff that happened with Velveteen Dream, supposedly, and it took them almost a year and a half after it came out to let him go. Yeah, and I mean, it transcends sports and transcends genres, you know. Oh, wait a minute. You know, I never believe, I never will condone that if you have more money than the other person, to you can make them go away. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you did what you did, then, you know what, you, you should have to pay, you know. Um, and you see it so much in other sports and stuff. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he did that, but... You know, she said it's okay, and she doesn't want to do anything about it, so we're going to let him play football on Sunday. Right. You know, well, it doesn't excuse what he did. Right. You know what I mean? Just because she doesn't want to do anything doesn't mean it didn't happen. (laughs) You know? Well, yeah, I mean, a perfect example is Ray Rice from the Ravens. Yeah, he beat the the snot out of his wife in the the elevator. And drug her unconscious ass into the elevator. Yeah. And then... And then tried to play it off like nothing happened, and, and apparently his wife didn't want to press charges at the time. But you know the Ravens are like, uh, yeah, that's still a really, really bad thing that you did. We're we're still gonna let you go. Good try though. Go run the football. Like, don't you can't just just claim it like that. It doesn't work that way. Right. And and I mean, sadly, in our society, a lot of times it can when the person's like, oh, no victim, no crime type thing. Right, right. But I think as a society, we need to get more of, you know what? OK, no victim, no crime. She doesn't want to prosecute. He doesn't want to prosecute. But guess what? It still happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not saying it didn't happen. So, I mean, are we just going to say, all right, well. They, they, it, it happened, but now they don't want to do anything criminally in the legal system. So we're just going to act as society as it didn't happen. You know, like, I mean, what message are you sending to people, younger generations of kids, of adults that, Hey, the more money you have, the faster you can get rid of stuff Mm -hmm. or whoever has the most money and can scream louder wins, you know? So, and I know it's a soapbox and I, and you know, we, you know, it's, it's getting there and I don't want to get on the soapbox, but I just feel like, you know what, it doesn't matter where you come from. If you're a victim of something, you, your voice should matter and you should be heard and it doesn't matter when it happened or how it happened. It's just, you know, the fact is it happened, right? And yeah, especially I, when I it comes to domestic issues, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and coming out and saying you're sorry doesn't make it go away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't just disappear magically because oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he said he's sorry. No, it's not how this works. <laughs> you know, I, I get it. We live in a world where people it's it's the world of snap judgments. And, and I understand you want to give people and, and I'm the guy that usually says, I oh, give him a chance. But. At the same time, you're absolutely right. There's, there's got to be accountability. There's got to be the reality of, uh, no, you, you really did do it. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, 
But I get your point about the soapbox aspect as well. You know, nobody wants to to dive too deep into into politics and all of that nonsense. But at the same time, hey, it's it's a hot topic. It's a hot button issue. It just happened this past week, and you know whether you stand on the same side as us as far as an opinion is concerned or elsewhere, that's up to you. That's totally your call. We welcome all input. Feel free to always drop us a message either on Twitter at C2C Radio Show or you can head over to the chat room at C2CRadioShow.com and let us know, where do you stand on this? Is Nash Carter, was the firing right? Or maybe it was wrong. Maybe you feel like he should have stayed. Love to get your, your input on this. As we get ready to close out, um, like I said before, this coming week we got a, a Texas death match between Adam Page and Adam Cole on Friday. That's going to be a great matchup. We got uh, the AEW World Tag Team Championship on the line as uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus defend against Red Dragon. That should be a great one. Um, there's still more to come from the TNT champion Scorpio Sky and... Uh, Sammy Guevara. Unfortunately, that means America's top team is involved too. But we got a lot to look at. We got a lot to look forward to. Uh oh. Are we having There's... a. What we got going on here? We got. The Usos are on Raw. Wow. Are we going to have a belt for belt match? Yeah, Roman said on Friday he was sending them to Raw. Because he wants all the gold. Technically, it's not gold. It's silver. Yeah, it's silver and blue and silver and red. You know, it's the penny belts. <laughs> or dime belts, I guess, now. but Hey, um, they increased in value. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're just going to that whole, we're going to unify the things because we can't figure out nothing anyway, so... I I agree. I think that they're out of creative ideas. They they just, they just don't know what to what to do with these things, and that's why they're putting them together. So, with that, um, hey, it's it's about <laughs> time we we close this out, huh? Catch up with Brian on Twitter at Vlad Dragul C two C and Brian Taylor on Facebook. Catch up with Rob at Rob Hefner C two C on Twitter and Rob Hefner on Facebook. Uh, you can always head over to c2cradioshow.com. Like I said, send us a message. Tell us what you think about this week's events. Put it in the chat room or read it on the air. At the same time, you can hit us up on Twitter at C2C Radio Show. Catch up with me at Stan Grubb uh, everywhere. Um, and then, hey, maybe check out the Facebook page. Head over to Corner to Corner Wrestling on Facebook. And, uh, hey, maybe you can join the group chat. We, we're always open to new opinions. Not always accepting, but we're open. Right. And and if you like video games and all kinds of things cool, don't forget to check out Vlad Dragul's Pandorium Emporium. That's right. Um, I know it's still in the building stage, but get in on the ground floor because you want to be somebody to say that you be able to say that, you know what? I was there when it started and then as it becomes big, you can tell everybody, "Hey, you were there I first. I was there before." You know, but just like the ones who were following the BTE and all that before it became cool. Um, this is one of those next things that is going to pop off. And then you don't want to be just one of the ones in the crowd. You want to be the one leading the crowd. So that's right. 
Yep, Brian just finished up uh, Elden Ring. I'm sure he's going to be doing a playthrough on that. I know, Rob, that's your favorite thing to talk about. But, yeah, he's... So he beat it? Yeah, he finally beat it. That game, um, I've got over 50 hours in that game already. It's pretty ridiculous. It's it's a it's not easy, <laughs> but it's 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 easy enough to the point where you keep playing, and then you die and you get mad and you're like, ah, oh, I can't believe it, and you want to rage quit, and then you do something else and it's like, oh, that was cool, and then you figure something out. It's just it's it's like Zelda, you know. You get there, you're like, yeah, oh, man, this is great, and then something happens and you don't quite get what you thought was going to happen next. But then you find something else and you find a secret. And you're like, aha. Exactly. I got you. Well, that's going to do it for us here at C2C. Play that stuff. Got a cat unplugging headphones. <laughs> I just don't have the brain power to sit there. I would keep, uh, you know. I would have my wizard wandering through the woods because it'd be like, whatever, I don't know where to go. Well, I mean, you you actually could do that. There's not exactly a lot of clarification as to where to go. They say it is with the map, but it's not. It's open world, so you're just wandering, kind of like Grand Theft Auto. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Corner to Corner. Folks, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Same time, same channel. Have a great night. We'll see you next time right here on Corner to Corner. Yeah, you will. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.